0: Welcome to Walk With Me, a ministry of Cornerstone Church. Hi, my name's Tori and I'll be your host. Sometimes when I want to make a new friend, I'll say, come walk with me and we'll talk. My goal for this podcast is that we, as women, will walk together and share sweet community in Christ. Today we welcome Marie Nesbitt to our program, Marie is the wife of Pastor Tom Nesbitt, and she has been a source of inspiration and wisdom since the very beginning. I met Marie when I was an 18-year-old college freshman at Iowa State, and she has been an influence on my life ever since. Marie, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family, your background, your God story. Well, first of all, I want to say that I
1: love being a woman. I think it's exciting that God created me in my mother's womb and decided I would be a woman. I like that. In a few days, I'll be 78 years old, and I'm still very healthy and happy. I've had a really good life and expect to live, well, as long as God intends for me to live. Anyway, I grew up in West Texas. I grew up very, very poor. I was from a family of yours, mine, and ours. My dad was divorced and had two sons who never lived with us. And then my mom was a widow. She had a young boy and girl. And then they got married and had five kids. So seven kids and mom and dad lived in this very small, uh, just a shack, actually. In the winter, it didn't snow very much in Texas. But Uh um, when it did snow, it snowed on our bed. It was truly a shack. But anyway, my mom and dad were Christ followers. They took us to a Bible preaching, teaching church. So I did come to know the Lord at a at a young age. And I never, I don't remember feeling poor. I think it was because of the the positive attitude of my parents. Right. And um, anyway, even though we were very poor, my mom and dad were very generous. Uh-huh. And I remember one time at our church, we needed new hymnals. And the, the leaders had decided we couldn't afford hymnals. And so they just said, we'll have to do with the trashy ones we have. Mm -hmm. And my dad stood up and said, I will buy a hymnal for every member of my family, which there were five of us still at home. So that was seven hymnals that he would buy, which truly shamed the rest of the congregation because he was by far the poorest man there. So we got new hymnals. Anyway, how I came to know the Lord, we were field workers. We were like migrant workers only. We never moved, but we pulled cotton in the fall. And we hoed cotton in the summer. And the children too. Yep. I I was thinking about this this morning and I wondered why my dad kept me out of school because I don't think I made very much money for him mm. when we were, we kept out of school in the in the fall
0: hmm. for pulling cotton. And when did you go to school in
1: the springtime? Um, well, we were only out, we started in the fall and some schools in West Texas turned out school for harvest time. Mm. But spur didn't Hmm. and so there were some kids besides us that had to stay out and help help harvest Hmm. so whatever time the cotton crop lasted it wasn't maybe a month or two months I don't know yeah but in the summer when we were hoeing I just began to feel really guilty one day and I hadn't done anything so I I knew what it was like to do something bad and feel guilty I knew those feelings right but I, I hadn't done anything so it just really bothered me so one day I My dad was really easy to talk to, and Mm -hmm. I told him how I was feeling. And he said, well, actually, you are guilty. And so that's when he shared the gospel with me. And how old were you? I was nine. And I had been going to church, and so I had heard it. Mm -hmm. But I think maybe we need to hear it personally from somebody. Whenever we are convicted of sin, we can repent that moment wherever we are, in the car, in the field, in the church, wherever. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know that, so... But so it was in August of that year that I surrendered my life to Christ. And And you were nine? I was nine. So when I was a senior in high school, I just felt, I feel like it was from God that I wanted to marry a pastor. And so my pastor at the time, I told him and he said, you should come to Wayland Baptist College because that's where all the pastors are. (laughs) And I guess he didn't have any faith to believe that one could find me. Right. So, but I did go to Wayland and I lived with them for a small fee. And that's where I met Tom. He actually introduced us. My pastor did. Okay. And so he had, Tom had been a pastor since he was 16. Right. So, yeah. Hmm. And so we've been married in December. We will have been married 59 years. Wow. What a joy. Yeah. It's mostly been joy. We've had some rough times. And I think being married for a long time, you have to be committed to marriage. Because otherwise, I would have gotten a divorce like a lot of my friends have. Mm -hmm. But I I made a vow to God and to Tom, and I intended to keep it. And I'm really glad, because we have a really good life. What a wonderful story. And by the way, we have three amazing children. Okay. And my one goal for them when they were born and young was for them to know and love Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. And they all do, as well as their spouses, and we have 16 grandchildren who do as well. Yeah. And, and you have grand, great-grandchildren and more on the way. Yep. We have seven great-grandchildren and four more on the way. <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. What a huge family. I oh, know. Well, let me family. ask you some <laughs> questions. Okay. <clears throat> How do you continue? You said you were committed to Tom. You're committed to Jesus. How do you continue to be committed as you grow older and not grow stale in your faith?
1: Well, for one thing, um, I remembered this story in John 6, through 69, uh, when Jesus said to the disciples, some disciples had left him who weren't true disciples, but Jesus said to his 12, you don't want to go away too, do you? Huh. And Peter said, who would we go to? Right. <laughs> That's how I feel about Jesus. Huh. He's so good, uh-huh. and he has always met my needs in every way, so why would I leave him? You know, that's my attitude. But I stay committed to him by reading the Bible, being in Bible studies. I'm consistently in Bible studies and reading the Bible and praying and going to church to fellowship with other believers.
0: So how do we convince young women about this attractiveness that you see in Jesus? Mm -hmm. How do we, what are some things that you see in today's women that are hindering their ability to love Jesus well?
1: Mm, I think. Are you talking about Christian women? People, women, that I'm are talking. Yeah,
0: let's uh, let's just talk about the women in the church. Okay. That I see some half-hearted attempts at loving Jesus. What? Why? Why is that? I think the main thing is um,
1: they don't prioritize their time. Mm. I know this is a problem with me is that I get up in the morning and I think, I can start a load of laundry, or I can do this, Mm -hmm. or I can do that, and Mm -hmm. pretty soon it's noon. Mm -hmm. And so I really have to be committed to prioritizing a time and a place to spend time with the Lord. Almost like an appointment. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. And I also think that some women think, since they aren't a preacher or a teacher, Mm -hmm. that they don't have to know the Bible as well. Mm -hmm. And it's true that I definitely don't know the Bible as well as the teachers and preachers. Mm-hmm. However, I feel like I'm, I'm supposed to study the Bible and learn mm-hmm. as much as I can. And so I think that's one attitude. In fact, I heard a woman say that one time, that she doesn't really need to know the Bible because she's not going to be a preacher. Wow. And there,
0: and, It's difficult to fight off the fiery arrows of Satan if you don't have the well, truth of God in you. I know.
1: It's true. In fact, I wrote down a verse here, Tori that uh, from Joshua 1 8 through 9 it says this book of instruction which is the Bible must not depart from your mouth you are to recite it day and night how can we recite it if we don't know it Hmm. and so that you may carefully observe everything written in it and if we don't know what's written in it how can we carefully observe it right and then it says for then you will prosper and succeed in whatever you do haven't I commanded you be strong and courageous do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so I just think it's so important. The Bible is so important. And also, I I think there are other hindrances, like um, some women have secrets. Hmm. Um, I found this when we travel with Life Action, that hmm. so many women have had things to happen to them, like sexual abuse or abortion or... Uh, other things that they don't want anybody to know, they guard it with their life. And so and those secrets keep them from being open with God as well? Oh, or? I think so. Huh. I think so, because if you have a secret of any kind, um, it doesn't mean that you have to broadcast all of your problems to everybody, but you should have one or two friends that you can share
0: your heart with. Huh. And Great uh, advice Yeah, for these young moms who mm-hmm. feel connected, maybe yeah. with media. Right but really don't have those real, true, deep right.
1: relationships. Right, right. Mm-hmm. I know for myself, I was sexually abused when I was young, huh. and I thought I would die if anybody knew it. Huh. I never told anybody. I I kind of, before I married Tom, I said, uh, I think I was sexually abused, but maybe it was a dream. And he, little girls don't dream about that, right. let me tell you. Huh. And so I was all in my 30s before I ever confess that to anyone and it was because a woman in our church confessed it and I sat there thinking I would die before I would do that but it was a it was a plague in my heart and it did it kept me from a close relationship with Tom as close as I have now Mm. and it kept me from other people because I was always afraid what if Tori asked me that Mm -hmm. what would I say and that's strange because it wasn't something you did wrong no but the devil tells Mm you that that you're unclean
0: and no No one will like you if they know this. Which is another reason we have to have the truth in us. So we can tell the devil what's true. Even Jesus did that. He recited scripture to the devil. Exactly. To thwart him. Exactly. Huh. How can you and I help women to understand what it means to obey and honor the Lord in everything? I think, like you said, we compartmentalize and sometimes hide things or don't tell everything. How can we help them understand the verse that's... Uh, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I say? Mm-hmm. How can we make them understand the importance of obedience to his commands?
1: Well, I think one thing is by being vulnerable, which mm. I know you are, mm. and I feel like I am, that we need to be vulnerable with our lives so mm. that people will know that, hey, I can go talk to Tori about this, or I can go mm-hmm. talk to Marie. We mm-hmm. need more women like that that are willing. Do you willing. think we're not vulnerable because we think people won't like us? That's why I wasn't. Okay. So I don't know, mm-hmm. and it was so important for me to be a quote a godly woman, mm. you know. And I just somehow thought godly woman women haven't been sexually abused, but that's huh. such a lie. Uh huh. Because many women have been, and many women have had abortions. Many women are divorced. Uh-huh. You know, just all of these things that the devil puts on you and says you're not good enough. Right. You know.
0: But so. that uh is a lie in itself, because our identity doesn't lie in what we've done or who we are. that's right it's in Jesus, that's and he's exactly. already done everything yes. for us that's exactly so, right, which kind of leads us into the next thing I want to talk about. We talk a lot about doing and what we need to do and how we can be godly, but it's really not about doing, is mm-hmm. it It's really about resting in who Jesus is and what he's already done. For some reason this week, this old hymn, Jesus, I am resting, resting. Are you familiar Mm -hmm. with that? I've heard it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's a very good hymn because it's been rolling through my head probably because I haven't been resting well. I think I have to accomplish things. And really, I just need to rest in what Mm -hmm. Jesus has already accomplished for me. And so um, the hymn says, Jesus, I I am resting, resting in the joy of what thou art. I am finding out the greatness of thy loving heart. Thou hast bid me gaze upon thee, and thy beauty fills my soul. For by thy, thy transforming power, thou hast made me whole. So how have you been able to gaze on the beauty of Jesus and been able to rest? in? I know you've had some tough things mm-hmm. um, go on in the last um, couple years. Tell me how you've mm-hmm. been able to rest in things that you don't understand.
1: Yep. Well, I'll, I'll have to go way back to tell you a story okay. of when our kids were in elementary school. Okay. I have a very vivid imagination of being able to just imagine horrible things huh. happening to mm-hmm. my kids. Mm-hmm. And so, when they were in elementary school, it was like I was crying every day, worrying about what was going to happen to them. And that was like more than 45 years ago when crimes weren't happening to children right. like right. now. Right, right, right. And so I just one day I was reading Romans and um, I read Romans eight twenty eight, which says, for we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to mm-hmm. those who are called according to his purpose. And it was as if the Holy Spirit who lives in me mm-hmm. said, you don't believe that, do you? And I'm like, yes, Lord, I, I believe that. And he said, well, then why are you so worried? About your kids, if all things work together, because no matter what happens to them, I'm going to work it together for good for you, because you love me and you're called. And so I was just very convicted of just fear and worry and all of those things, and so I asked him to forgive me, and then I went to each bedroom, to each bed, and I knelt down by the bed, Uh and I... I spent most of the day weeping and praying and crying and surrendering and surrendering my children children
0: to the Lord. That is so difficult to do. I know was trust. It It was horrible. Incredible.
1: Yeah, but I said, Lord, I do believe you, and I want you to know that whatever happens, I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to stop worrying because you know there's a whole chapter in the Bible dedicated to Mm -hmm. worrying, (laughs) worrying, don't Mm -hmm. worry, don't worry, right? And I think "Don't be afraid" or "Do not fear" is one of the Phrase in the Bible that there's a lot of those. They say that it's listed 365 times. Are you kidding? One for every day. That's oh, my year. goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but anyway, I think since then, I really grabbed onto that verse. And oh. that's what I think my life verse is. Uh-huh. Because I, the the enemy just attacks us all the time mm-hmm. about that. Your kids right. are going to be killed today. Right. Or they're going to have right. cancer. Or right. this or that or the other. Right. And so I just I just love that verse because mm. it's a promise. Right.
0: And I can believe that. And that it's true. It is. Satan started way back in the garden saying, did God really I say? Know. And uh-huh. so we need to remember that what God says is true. What Satan says is a lie. Mm-hmm. And so when we hear Satan saying, hey, something's going to happen to your kids today, then we can say, actually, God's sovereign and he's going to take care of us. Yeah. So. Whatever that means. Something may happen. Something right. really bad may happen to Right. Them but i can
1: rest in the fact that he is lord and he's good mm-hmm. and he's good all the time
0: no that's what happens it's so good for especially young moms to hear mm-hmm. because it is a a profession that itself kind of breeds fear mm-hmm. just being a mother mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the love is so deep mm-hmm. and you have so much uh, responsibility for yeah children and
1: actually anything can happen to them
0: right so and you have to believe that God is sovereign he won't allow anything to happen that isn't intended to, right. and so understanding the sovereignty of God gives great rest, mm-hmm. great rest. Mm-hmm. So, how do you still refer to that verse when you have struggles? Do you still yes. refer back to that? Yes. So it's mm-hmm. a, it's become an anchor for you. Yes,
1: yes, hmm. absolutely.
0: Which also really solidifies our um, belief that scripture memory really is an investment for yes. us. You know, mm-hmm. and it's a way to invest in our transformed mind in our future of how we think and our worrying and our abating fear so. and the holy spirit can't bring it to our remembrance if it's not there exactly so exactly super is there anything else you'd like to add before we mm-hmm. close mm, i don't think so well would you like to just pray um that god sure. would use this um to help women transform their minds and um, let god be uh fully lord of their life okay
1: Oh Lord, you know that both Tori and I want to bring you glory. That's our purpose in life is to bring you glory. And so I pray that this podcast will, that whatever we've said today will help someone and that someone will be encouraged or motivated or uh, just convicted to turn their life over to you or to repent of something in their life. And Lord, I pray that um, we will continue to be vulnerable, and whatever you want to do, and however you want to use us, we just surrender to you again, fresh today. And I love you, and I just thank you for this time together with Tori in Jesus'
0: name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much you. for me. That was very yeah. good. Thanks for walking along with us today. I'd love to get to know you better, so let's walk again sometime, shall we?